Becoming. God, I wish I was this cool. Uh, welcome to Book Club, everyone. Uh, this month we have read Becoming by Michelle Obama, which was published in 2018, but oddly has never been issued as paperback. Yeah. So clearly, like, it just is super successful and they don't need to. And it just sells. So I had to buy the hardback edition, which is quite hefty. Did everyone read ebooks or what did you guys do? Ebook. Yeah, Kindle. Yeah. I actually listened to the audible. Um, audiobook because I like doing that with autobiographies because I like hearing the voice of the person talking about their life experience so that was interesting to me I thought very long and hard about reading it and then didn't okay but I did make I did make the effort to think about it okay good missed out it was really interesting (laughs) it was um and then the documentary not really an adaptation but of running parallel with the book. You watched the uh, documentary, right, Tom? I watched. I watched the documentary. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Not so of it. I didn't read it or watch it. I just turned up the book club. Hello. If you haven't yeah. followed US politics for twelve years, there's going to be some major spoilers. <laughs> so. Uh, so it came out this year in May, directed by Nadia Halgren, who has worked with the Obamas previously, as well as has been a cinematographer for lots of uh, documentary yeah director of photography for previous sort of politically skewed documentaries so it came out on netflix uh that's kind of all the information really so did we enjoy the book yes (laughs) i i mean i really yeah i really love the book and then the documentary uh was fine Mm -hmm. i want you guys What's a bit of an epilogue to the book? It was just a nice add-on. Oh, was... God, if I hadn't read the book, I don't think I would have got anything out of that documentary. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like an, was like an ad. <laughs> yeah, it was a, here, I've done this book, I'm on this tour, isn't this nice? Well, it was, it sort of didn't really, it felt like it didn't really know what it was trying to accomplish. Except, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. And where, yeah. where it attempted to be sincere and candid and revealing, it felt too overproduced to be real. Mm-hmm. And then there were bits where it felt like it was getting into politics and then it veered back out again. And then it was behind the scenes. Yeah, it just felt like it was a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I didn't dislike it. I just wasn't really sure what it was attempting. Yeah. For a thing that was only 90 minutes, I was a bit bored for <laughs> some of it, which is a shame. So many crowd I... shots of people looking in awe. Yeah. yeah. Isn't she amazing? Isn't it wonderful to be in her presence? Isn't that was only 30 minutes of it. And yeah. that was part of the He's amazing. I'm sure it would have been good. <laughs> I, I would love to meet Michelle Obama, but it, would, it was just a little bit too much of the... But it was, it was part of the odd tonality of it, because on the one hand, they were clearly at pains to paint her as an ordinary person who had risen to an extraordinary place and was attempting to do amazing things off the back of it. But then you had all this sort of, uh, I don't know, hagiographic seems like an extreme word to use, but all of these shots of people welling up um, mm. in her presence and, and the two just w- sat yeah. uncomfortably. The book, with the book, you get like two thirds of it is is her building herself up, coming from this kind of wonderful, loving family, but having nothing. And then getting to the White House is so much of the book that you buy into it and you can understand it. But if you just watch documentary, her essentially telling you that whilst in like a private jet is is hard to kind of fathom um, yeah. sort of on the same level. And like her talking about what a terrible experience it was being in the White House whilst being chauffeured around by the Secret Service was just... 
Oh, I loved Alan. Oh, yeah. Agent Alan. Oh, he was very sweet. I loved Why him. was the documentary not about him? <laughs> <laughs> that I just said, felt I think like... Oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I just felt like I was more... When I was watching the documentary, I was more interested in the supporting cast than I was her. Hmm. No, in the book, she's really able to kind of tell her story, but the documentary wasn't really doing that for me. And I was like, oh, let Craig talk more. Let her mom talk more. Let Alan talk more. I don't, she wasn't very interesting in it, I guess. I thought the critique of it being about the book tour didn't work. Her being on a book tour wasn't particularly interesting. Like the things they interviewed about her family or when she was on stage were interesting but like the 50 percent of stuff where it's like oh we're in montana tonight or whatever i'm like and like why does that matter i thought that was going to be the beginning and that would have been a, a good way to open the story to say here is where i am now I'm yeah yeah tour. i thought it was then just going to move on into an actual discussion about no we just stayed with the book tour and how lovely it was to be doing the book tour i don't yeah. slag it off because i really did enjoy it but yeah i thought yeah. it was going to build to something and then it didn't there's no payoff in the documentary like it kind of just ended (laughs) it was like a compliment to the book but Mm. like kind of an unnecessary one like I really enjoyed seeing the visual of things that she described like even the thing with the two girls and their hats and the little pink hat that was too big yeah and like just those little moments in the book seeing them brought to life I really enjoyed um but I don't feel like I got anything or anything much from the documentary that the book didn't give me already Mm -hmm. I guess I'd concur with that. Like it was good to get visuals of yeah. like, her yeah. mom, see her mom, see her house in the south side, see what that neighborhood looks like. Because I don't know much about Chicago, mm. uh, so getting the visuals was good. But as you say, it was more of a of a, uh, a side dish. To like the, a ninety-minute uh, trailer for why you should read the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I have just get, done. So yeah. Yeah. like more of that, you yeah. know, like. Although I don't feel motivated to read the book as a result, but I can entirely see that it would be quite an effective coda to the book in terms yeah. of like additional material. If you enjoyed becoming the book, you might also enjoy this. Whatever yeah, yeah it I feel like it needs to go the other way around because the problem is with the documentary, you know, it hits certain points that the book does, like throughout the book tour, it'll kind of go you know, to her childhood for a section and then the election and, you know, when he starts running and kind of talking about them having to do marriage therapy um, and then kind of going on from there, which is in the book, but like at the most superficial level. I, yeah, I wish I'd watched the film first and yeah, then maybe. been interested and gone and read the book. Yeah, I, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know much about the documentary until we started watching it. I think if I'd realised that it wasn't going to be, wasn't going to handle so much of the content from the book, I think I would have watched it first because it didn't really reveal or kind of spoil any of her story watching it. I don't think I would have lost anything from the book having watched this first. But all the most interesting moments of the documentary were things I knew already because of the book, if that makes sense. And I mean, yeah, for Tom, does it feel like it's as interesting because he doesn't have the background of the book so um yeah sorry I wasn't aware of a question in there it was more of a statement um yes yes it was interesting without reading the book (laughs) no no no, I mean I'm I'm sure I it's difficult to say whether I would have enjoyed it more with more background information because I still quite like a good 
structure and purpose to something whereas this mm. like i said feels like five different things all at the same time and it also felt somewhat like they didn't really have enough material to work with which possibly meant that they didn't really have a single direction to go in i don't know i mean i got stuff out of it um i thought there were some nice personal moments that you got to see it, i didn't like feeling handled um which occasionally i did i sort of felt i'm being given something that has been set up to appear candid while it feels very uncandid Mm. Um, but I mm. guess I know enough about the Obama's history to not necessarily feel that I was missing anything necessarily. I wonder as well, you know, likely similar to Sean's situation, uh, things are reviewed before she can publish them, that she can only kind of div- divulge certain in- certain information to the public. So it's going to be superficial to a certain level. So I don't know why the documentary should. Well, I think I think it like if you set out to make a documentary, you would set out and you'd say, okay, we're going to make a documentary that follows Michelle through the course of a book tour, and it tells the story of her engaging with people, and we're going to use that as a way of of talking about the general change in American social political life that the Obama administration affected. Okay, cool, yeah. we've got that, but it didn't. It it doesn't do that. Or you're going to say, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to um, provide supplemental material to the book by having all this great background material about the people who surround Michelle and enable her to be the person she is by providing security, by providing planning, by providing PR. Um, Her costume designer was sort of wheeled on and then wheeled off very, very quickly. And I sort of thought, actually, that's really interesting bit right there. You could talk endlessly about the creation of the image of the person as opposed to the actual person themselves and how it felt to be someone who was becoming a very well-crafted and structured icon in the public gaze but it sort of touches on it and then moves off i think that's the the problem with it is i think you've summed that up because it's um the documentary is trying to do everything the book does because the book Mm -hmm. does touch on all of these elements but it's got so much more time to breathe and expand on that and let you live in these moments whereas as a documentary can literally drop it in for a minute and then you have to move on because it wants to do so many other things i um i think it's a shame that it wasn't wasn't just a f- them, them filming one night of the book tour you wanted it to be like almost like a stand-up comedy show recorded yeah oh, just, just the, the actual night. conversation yeah yeah, like, yeah. i think i think you've got more out of that with her just literally telling you the story of, of her life than you would have then dissecting it and trying to make it these... So Which interviewer things. would you want to be, Ooh. though? Stephen Colbert, straight away. Reece. Just because I love Stephen Colbert. So. I think you could have you could have edited around that. You could have had elements from each night, but had it, mm-hmm. like, be just... You could have one person ask a question, her tell that story, you cut to a different interviewer asking a different question and build the story that way like with a kind of through narrative. And then you get to see all of these, like, oh, hey, it's Reese Witherspoon's asking her a question or whatever. I, yeah, I think I realised I, when I did documentary at film school, how much I really didn't like that module. And I'm remembering why I didn't like that module. <laughs> it's a, documentaries are so, like, it was, it felt a bit schizophrenic. Like, in, it goes back to what you were saying how it didn't, wasn't really sure what it was trying to do. It was trying to cover all the beats of the book whilst also talking about the tour, but also not trying to give too much away because it didn't want to disenfranchise the book. Yeah. But also um, people aren't going to read the book, someone like Tom. So it's like people are going to consume this information in different ways. So they have to have both versions of it, but don't lose. 
it doesn't need to lose out because it's a documentary. As mm. you know, I feel like I've seen documentaries that are extremely informative. So currently wa- watching the that Puerto Rican Walter name astrologist yeah yeah i'm in the middle of watching that all my references for that from drag race but that's me yeah exactly all drag race all stars (laughs) alexis mateo bam (laughs) i will say in defense of the documentary i thought it was very nicely filmed and very nicely put together i thought it it clearly had a good budget for it yeah 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 and it had very nice score it had really nice jazz kind of um, score that went throughout that linked all the visuals. Oh, what's the name of the guy? Kanze Washington. Mm, yeah. Pretty well known uh, American modern jazz musician. Um, I'm not sure if that's yeah. such a good comment though when the highlight of a documentary is how good the soundtrack was. It's great. I don't uh, deal with documentaries. I don't like them. <laughs> oh, I love a good documentary. Mm. Yes, but a good documentary. As a, as a... But also, I feel like they also, like you talk about, like they could have just filmed the the talk that she would give during the book tour. Great. But also, I felt like they missed the opportunity to give the book another layer. So instead of like having it as an advertisement for the book, you do it as sort of ex, like bonus reading material. So taking the opportunity of having Craig, her brother, uh, her mother, you know, Melissa, who was, uh, I forget what her, like, communications director, I forget her job role, um, or the, her, her, like, glam squad, and talk to them and talk about the effect on their own personal lives and, you know, yeah. from their perspective yeah. of her so that, and how she was dealing feels, with it. That feels like a unique story. That feels like something that you could really craft 90 minutes. But it's not about Michelle. But it is but about it is. Michelle. It's, it's, it's around it's, Michelle. But like, yeah, it's not, if you were doing like the team behind Michelle becoming, yeah, like, yeah, but that's not. But like, this didn't really feel like it was about Michelle. Not really, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's but. Like, it is. Come on, guys. It didn't, like, didn't. <laughs> Because well, the, the interesting stuff was like her brother or or the 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 chief of staff or or the bodyguard. Her always felt to, there were there were a couple of moments where it felt real. The rest of her stuff, the but the body of her stuff felt quite contrived to me. Uh, maybe that's just because I'm naturally um, suspicious of <laughs> people who make well, documentaries about themselves. Eight years learning to hit certain beats and to be contrived because that was the safest thing to be. And when she went off book, like she goes into it more in the book, but when she went off book, she got herself in trouble. So she learned to just mm. say things verbatim, like learn a speech and deliver it everywhere, like in every count, well, county, state. state, state. Thank you. Yeah. But, maybe, but maybe that's what I was missing because I hadn't read yeah. the book. So I, maybe that's the information that I needed to have taken from the book in order to be able to put the documentary in a better context. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that Michelle was the only talking head? That Michelle was. The only one addressing the camera giving give, like no, no, no. up the moment true. with the daughters and brother yeah i and wanted so much more of the brother i loved the brother he was really interesting well that's the heartbreaking thing isn't it like you know there's so much more material that didn't make in the movie like they didn't interview her brother for the two minutes we saw on camera and go brilliant we'll just use this <laughs> clearly yeah. there's like more and more of these interviews i want to see couldn't. more of his big expensive house yeah she's like yeah, really? his hat- yeah his house looked great, great. Yeah. <laughs> what does he do? I know exactly. This oh. is he does work for himself. He's a basketball coach. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't. Into... 
financed though before or something like he's that. He's financed before, yeah. yeah. He went no, to Princeton. Right. Right. Yeah, I think he's, you know, it's kind of nice that like, and it probably helps the fact that he's successful without her. Otherwise, mm. that would have been probably a complicated relationship. But, but I have yeah. to say, maybe, maybe this is me being a terrible person. I wondered about that during the documentary. And because it wasn't made clear, I was more suspicious about it. Yeah. You, you think, like, how does that work? Your sister is literally, like, one of the wealthiest, most successful people in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> has, she hooked, has she hooked you up with a great gig and you're getting paid a lot of money? No. You're a highly successful person in your own right. But I'd like to be told that. Yeah, uh, I, look, I looked him up and he is a college basketball coach, basketball executive and broadcaster. And I think that ha- that happened before she got into the White House. She he, like became yeah, that role, think, so. Yeah, he got into Princeton on a... Did he get into Princeton on a basketball scholarship? Um, scholarship? Yeah. That's the word. Something, yeah. yeah, no, no, I remember that in the book because when she went to Princeton, everyone yeah. knew her brother as being the basketball guy. Yeah, yeah. But I think talking about this family dynamics and sort of the effect on her family, you know, the, the, the mother briefly says about not being, you know, happy not to be in the White House more. I, I want to know about that. Like, for the, I don't know if the mother would open up necessarily about that, but what for her? Because she didn't well, the, ask the, for this. this fascinating line about when they get into the White House and all the butlers are black people. Yeah. And yeah. then they just move and then they move on to something else. And it's like, no, 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 hang on, hang on. That's fascinating. They talk about that yeah. in the book and how she makes them change their uniforms to casual wear because she didn't want her daughter seeing black men serving her. Right. I think in it that was way. The, I mean, yeah. When, she, when they went into the elevator and it was a manned elevator and it was a black guy in a tux and she was like, that's not cool. Don't like that. Yeah. And then you wonder what the White House is like now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it's... it's Sorry, so, did like, I just... Oh, I did it, didn't I? It's I did, interesting because oh, obviously you can Use add your personal... Yeah, you can add your personal touch to the White House to a certain degree. So what have they done? I don't... I dread to know. <laughs> the, the Oval Office... I'm sure they're awful. all back in taxes. He's put gold curtains in the Oval Office. It looks terrible. But it is interesting, the fact that she talked about, like, food and stuff they have to pay for. So I wonder... Mm. <laughs> things like that. Like, because he can't... I don't know if he's allowed to, like, get away with n- not paying the bills of the White House. Didn't she say that they chose to do that? They didn't want to use public money. No, 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 no. They, you have to pay for the food and everything. That's regardless. They paid for the redecoration, which. Oh, and they could have got public money for that. They, they, you get offered a hundred thousand dollars for decorations. Essentially, considering the size of the house, imagine Trump just take that as dollar bills and have them pasted up in. (laughs) He did not say no to that. Yeah, like like at one point they said that they left a Monet when they left, and I was like, I know that's gone. I just I just know that's like the first thing he took, probably took down because yeah. you just know that he will have no taste in the art at all. Well, also in the book, she talks about getting the first painting painted by a black artist in the White House that was mm, hung in the permanent collection. In the permanent collection, you know that's gone. Well, it can't be. It's in the permanent collection. No, 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 but in, it was hanging in the White House, but I think you can change what, what's oh, being hung. Yeah, yeah. It would He's go into the stuff. basement. <laughs> it's just portraits of Trump, every single image. There's That's what my flat looks like. It's just painting. <laughs> on You've got a green screen on. We don't want to show us. <laughs> um, there's an awful portrait that he put up 
which came up in the news, which is really disturbing. It's, of himself? No, it's him and all the Republican presidents. Oh, I saw and that. It's most god-awful. Can Who I share a file? Yeah, I, I think in the chat you can, maybe. Yeah, you can I don't want to put it in my background, because I don't want to infect my computer with it. <laughs> There's no, a virus put, it, put it as your background and then put, position yourself within it. Like, I, yeah, that's the thing. The book gives like context and like you're like, ah, oh, so I understand this because and her relationships with the staff and what she was walking into. Do they talk about Laura Bush in the documentary? No, that was really interesting. Sorry, what did you say, Sean? No, yeah, I said, I said they briefed the, like she mentions her in like an offhand remark. Yeah, yeah. The, just in the the book, they talk about Laura kind of showing her around the house and kind of having this really nice moment with her because this is this is literally a situation they can no one else can understand. That's a very flattering portrait that's, of uh, that's hanging in the White House now. That's like something he commissioned and paid for. Who would have painted this? I don't know, but that's in the White House. I don't know, but I want it. I don't. I want to burn it. So weird. It's He's so, so skinny in it. <laughs> Is that what he thinks he looks like? Apparently, yeah. Maybe he has like body dysmorphia in the positive sense. Um, now I'm, I'm not as up on American his doctor, so of course he looks. He's good. not that skinny in any Who way. Is the is the person facing away from us supposed that to be Lincoln? Lincoln? Yeah, that's Lincoln. Yeah. He's technically a Republican, so I guess. Yeah. And, and who is, is that, uh, I'm going to get this right, is that Roosevelt? Which uh, one? On the right. Yes, it is. It is. He was a Republican the, too. Yes, Teddy. Theodore. Yeah. And, and is, the center in the blue shirt? I don't know. Um, oh, who inherited, no. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I've turned this into a, into a pop quiz. Uh, it's interesting. She really, I feel like she really makes a point to, to go back to becoming to in the documentary and in the book not talk too much about Trump and just kind yeah. of not let that negativity obviously take over. No, when they go low, you don't talk about them at all. That's, yeah. That's what the phrase is. But just on this painting, sorry. <laughs> so sorry, I've hijacked the whole conversation. Who are these figures in the background? What figures in the background? No, no, who are the figures in the background? That's what I'm now interested in. Who's this guy yeah. over Who's, who's the on guy on the right? And there's a woman as well, yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure if we... Let me Google. Uh, Trump. I'm so sorry um, I've hijacked the whole conversation now. I'm going to have to send this chat to Tom and see what he says. You know, of all the uh, ones Tom could have sat out. I mean, uh, so there's obviously Lincoln, Nixon, Jimmy Carter, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's Jimmy Carter. Nice is, that H, is that George H. Bush? In the top left. Yeah, that's top of this. Yeah. And um, who is, is the junior's right? bottom left? Is it Johnson? Appar- no. Apparently the, the prints of it are selling really well. Oh, I can get a print of it? Amazing. Yes. Christmas gift sorted. Yes, I my know. dog, my dog has, a new thing, has a new thing to pee on. All right, let's, let's get back on topic. Sorry, I've... I've yeah. Um, no, no, no. Going back to the bit about uh, Nancy... Nancy, but no. Um, no, Laura Bush, right? Yeah. That was really sweet, and I really liked that. And I liked um, that the Bushes were very kind to them, even though they're completely, like, don't see eye to eye on any issue. And Obama had spent the whole campaign saying that Bush had done a terrible job. And yet, when they did the handover, the Bushes were really gentle and kind to them, and, like, 
like they were like she gave her like a really good like heads up and like being a first lady and gave her. I'm also interested. I feel like I was trying to read in between the lines about her just mentioning the conversation she had with Hillary uh, about being a first lady. I feel like there's a lot she didn't say about that conversation that would have been really <laughs> like some good dirt. She didn't. She didn't. I why liked about this was it was quite restrained in that way. I'm, I'm going slightly more into the book now. It didn't go into the dirt, and it. it I want the dirt. Me. No, I liked that it was dirtless. I liked that it was a, a quite positive read on it. Even like there's lots of nasty. Is stuff. Is that what it's based off of? That painting? No, it's another oh. one. Oh, he did another one, and he took yeah. Trump out. Is it the same guy? Yeah. Oh, is Trump not in that one? No, he's not in that one. Did oh, he I've, I've, do that one before or after? Uh, I guess he must have done it before. I'm on the. I'm on his website. Just You're having... ordering the print. Well, there's a very expensive limited edition Glisse, actually, that I'm sort of thinking. Uh, Glisse, whatever, however you pronounce it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, $1,700. So it's going to look good on the wall. Ah, it's yeah. Gerald Ford. Blue shirt guy is Gerald Ford. Ah, no one ever remembers Gerald Ford because he wasn't no. very good. But everyone's going to remember Trump and he was really bad. Yeah, there's yeah, a difference so between not good life. and very bad. Yeah, I suppose. The worst. I mean, the worst and the best, I guess, you remember. But to steer the conversation away from the, from the yeah, orange. The worst. Thing. And yeah, I think she just, she doesn't want, she clearly doesn't want the conversation to be about the negative because you can really get lost in obviously talking about Trump and all the awful things around that and I think she just wants your mindset to be in the good that they were able to do mm. I, I like the bit when she was talking about the uh, election night the 2016 election night but then she refrained it and turned it around and went oh but look at what we've accomplished yeah. like mm. look at all of the things that we've managed in these eight years but it wasn't for nothing well I imagine but, if you're in that position you sort of have to don't you yeah mm. I, I mean I wouldn't imagine how emotionally you could deal with it if you did think the other way. Mm. It, it would, that would be a fascinating conversation at some point for somebody to have with the Obamas. Just about honestly, how did it feel to walk away from the White House? Yeah. But clearly it's not going to happen anytime soon. I think also she touches on in the book in a very, not, I mean, not really in the documentary, but just kind of, I feel like she kind of almost understood why it happened or the response of it, because talking, you know, about the shootings that were happening and the, and the people died and kind of that lead up to Trump almost, and this like outlash of violence leading to this election, which was kind of the response. She, she said a few times, and I like the phrasing that she said that we are a provocation. Yeah. Just our existence, just our presence in the White House is a provocation. Also, the line about the fact that like three million more people voted for Hillary and like, you know, he just, you know, won over the Electoral College. Obviously, how fucked up that is. But he, he mentions in the book, just like, it's, come on. There's, no, a, there's a line. There's a line that I I promise I won't go on about Trump too much. I'll try to make this one of the last comments. But it's when she wakes up and, and finds out that Trump's president and she says something like, Trump will be the next president. I wanted so hard for that fact to not be in reality anymore. Like, for just that fact, that sentence hurt. And I was like, yes, 100% this. Yeah. This has been me for four years. Yeah, and I don't know how they deal with that day to day because obviously it's 
you know, they're both politically kind of engaged individuals. How do you deal with the fact that, you know, you led this presidency, which led on to like the worst presidency? But then I think you've what? got to respect the system. And and the the remarkable thing about the US political system is it was it was the kind of the first time you had this peaceful transition. And if you are, if you if you do love the, and respect the system, then you know passing it on is is part of your duty, even if you're passing it on to someone you despise. Yeah. And when Michelle talks about um, uh, Barack writing the like a note to leave in the Oval Office as part of his handover to to Donald Trump is like fascinating. Like, love to know what it said. So yeah, to, oh. to think oh, it came it. out. Did it? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure it's just very polite and dignified and, yeah. you know, he's yeah. not going to be like, fuck you, is he? You know. Donald Trump will just leave a turd in a Tiffany's box on the desk. <laughs> yeah. God. I mean, eventually he has to leave, so I'm trying to imagine what that scenario is going to be. Does he, though? Yeah, that's, that's the worry. <laughs> that's the worry. You that is right. the worry. You meant to. President for yeah. life. I mean, there's a thing called the Constitution, which hopefully yeah, but, uh, he, he can't piss on. I, I think he's mentioned it so many times now. He keeps dropping it in, in little little bits here and there that he could, he might he might you know propose another amendment because the Constitution can be changed. Would the military have like a coup? Lot. I would hope. I'd be like for a military coup if that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know if the military look at it and it's a choice between him for a third term and Bernie. I don't know, I think... It's not Bernie now. No, it's... um, Yeah, I mean, Biden is pretty, like, pro-military, so I don't... I think they would certainly prefer him. I feel like the conversation's been (laughs) derailed into um, speculation Um, on the future of America as a world leader. That's, I mean, it's that's, definitely that's like a deep I, black hole of a conversation. Yeah, I feel like they definitely. You can. She talks about like them having this private life now, and I think it's very visible. And it seems they've definitely made a conscious effort to only being in, involved to sort of a necessary extent, like really picking and choosing quite carefully now where they put their power uh, to kind of give themselves back the private life if they haven't had. I feel I feel like they've they've been deliberately taking several steps back from the world stage for a long mm-hmm. time, possibly for the duration of this presidency, um, as if to underline what happened in the White House and say whatever comes, whatever the second act is or the third act, depending on how you want to define it, it is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do when they come, you know, really back. Well, I thought it was interesting because in the book, she's like, people ask me this all the time. I'm not running. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do not yeah. like politics. Yeah, she really doesn't like, I found it interesting how at every stage she was not up for Obama running for a new thing. Like at every point she was like, don't do it. Just, you know, you're an Illinois senator. Let's just leave it at that. And then when he ran for senator and she was like, if you fail, this is it. I'm not putting up with this anymore. That's why he didn't fail. Yeah. <laughs> Because she threatened him. I mean, other stuff from the book that I was just like, oh my, I didn't know about this. On a personal level, I find this really interesting. Her, you know, her talking, and they didn't talk about this at all, her talking about going through a miscarriage and having to get uh, IVF in vitro, mm-hmm. like having to go, because they couldn't naturally have their children, which I think a, I certainly know a lot of women would appreciate 
that conversation being more open about miscarriage and the effect on your mental health, which was kind of disappointed that they didn't talk about that because I found that really important bit of the story kind of hurt. I, yeah, and I also in that section as well, I was stunned by just how much they work. They just don't stop either of them. Mm-hmm. Like they go from project to project, from job to job. They just constantly, and at the same time, they are getting married, moving in, trying to have kids, and then she has this miscarriage, and it's and it's awful. But she doesn't miss a step. She just goes from uh, public sector into Chicago University at that point. Or well, she no, she was well, she was like a high-powered lawyer, and then she was like, I don't know, work yeah. for charity. Yeah, like they're just. I was stunned by just the sheer, also the miscarriage and the emotional trauma that caused. But then her joy then becoming a mum mm-hmm. later. I definitely took away the the bit about her friend, what's her name? Valerie Jarrett. Jarrett. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if she was a part of this conversation, but when she wanted to leave law, the way she went about it, I thought was really interesting, where she just kind of took people out for coffee and like brainstormed with them. She was mm-hmm. like, I'm not enjoying what I'm doing now, but I'm not totally sure what I want to do. So I just am going to have tons of conversations. And then the opportunities that came about from that, I thought was, I was like, I should do that. That's kind of cool. Like, I like that the method she went about sort of making those changes to make herself happier. Yeah. It was a friend who was like, I know someone needs to go speak to her. Yeah. She'll, she'll get you a job. And it was, and then that led to someone else being like, nope, you need to speak to this person. She, she, she knows your story. She's lived your story. Yeah. Um, I do wonder though if that's still because this was like early 90s right mm-hmm. like I yeah. do wonder if that's still feasible in the same way like especially now everyone's online like everyone's expected to be so available all the time that I think if you ask for someone's time you have to have a reason for it like there's I don't think I don't know maybe it's just the industry I work in but I can't imagine just emailing someone and being like hey let's chat I, I might want to do what you do for a job like it's amazing that she did it and I think it requires a certain level of confidence and like belief in yourself and interest and drive but like I don't know if I can replicate it but I, I think it is hard to replicate because I think she only had because she like Stephen was saying she's put herself out there so much and is doing so much mm. like not sleeping seemingly yeah doing a billion projects at once smashing everything yeah she knows enough people that she's gone in with someone oh I know it's like it's basically just fucking boss networking yeah. like to the oh, end yeah. because none of it was like a cold call there was always like I've done this thing with someone else in the past who's pointing me in your yeah, direction yeah, yeah. so it was always a chain of connections rather than like like blindly it's amazing I just wonder out. if in the like in the age now of social media whether the opportunities would have presented themselves differently oh. she still would have had opportunities because hmm. she's Michelle Obama and she's you know but like yeah, I feel like it would play out differently now I don't know hmm. I kind of wonder where she would be if Barack hadn't become president. She'd still be doing amazing stuff. Though. Like yeah. She was doing that before it even became... Like, she was a high-powered lawyer before she turned 30. Like, she She's had her shit nuts. together at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she was, didn't she yeah. say she was making, like, 100 grand, and this is in the 90s? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. <laughs> like... like she, and I think she says kind of her meeting Barack was kind of like, oh, crap, I'm not really doing anything with my life I've accomplished loads like boom 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 but I don't really know what I'm doing and it kind of took Barack to meet her and kind of go what are you doing 
afterwards. What are yeah. you doing? Because he, it's because he knew exactly why he was doing everything he was doing and she couldn't say the same, so it made her like reevaluate everything, which is terrifying. He comes across as so incredibly driven, but also I can see him being very frustrating <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a partner. Oh, oh, we need to make more money. I'm just going to go write another book and that will solve yeah. all the problems. And it does. Well, and it does. You're on like... I literally, and I turned to Sean and I was like, how do you feel about becoming president? Like, <laughs> that would be really great for me. Like, I feel like there's a lot in there that I could, you know, work with. And he's not interested. Apparently. I, it's oh, having that mindset. I, I'm, I suppose if you think, I'm going to do this and it's going to be successful. And if you can yeah. keep that with you while you're doing it. And every time it happens, the next one happens, and the next one happens, you're like, I've done nine now. Of course this book's going to be <laughs> And who I've, thinks a book is going to make you money? That's not like, you know. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even finish the first book because he was so busy doing things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that he was being lazy, it that he was doing all of the things and he just didn't have time. So he just turned around and went, I'm just going to disappear to Hawaii for three months. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can and I want to write the book. I'm amazing that drive. I don't know. I mean, it's when she talks about the way she grows up and it's kind of, it makes sense, obviously, in how her parents raised her and talking about her, her aunt and her uncle and like the piano lessons and things like that, that she has that drive and focus, which I'm very jealous of. I get tired and lazy and I don't want to work. <laughs> She doesn't, it seems. Yeah, they, like, she never even mentions getting fatigued. She gets burned out with like what she's doing. Yeah. But she never is just like, oh, I just can't bother. Well, there's that thing where she's like, my mum gets up at four to come to the house for five to look after the kids so I can go to the gym before I go to work, like three days a week. Yeah. And this is all before like the presidency is even like a thing. Yeah, like, yeah, They're yeah. just those kind of people. Like, yeah. Sorry, Sean, are, are you not getting up at four in the morning in order to achieve your life goals? Does it look like I'm getting up at four? <laughs> Goals, I, I might be on the wrong call. I, I need to get on the windows. <laughs> I, I felt just exhausted listening to her read that. And I was just mm -hmm. like, how? How is that even possible? Yeah. My biggest achievement this year is reading about Michelle Obama's life. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do that. I listened to Michelle's reading. <laughs> which, which was lovely. To, I also just a point on the audiobook. It was... Um, she has a very, very nice tone. She's a very good orator. I was going to ask you about this. I looked at the audiobook version because I was tempted to do the same thing. And on Audible, so many of the reviews say she's boring, doesn't read it well. And I was like, oh. Uh, they're stupid people and they're wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I, I was thinking, hmm, um, literally had lessons in public speaking. I think she'll be all right at reading the book she wrote. Um, no, listening to her was a little bit just like a warm sonic, like audio blanket wrapped around my ears. It was charming and lovely when I was like <laughs> on a tube and stressed out, just hear her talking about jazz in Chicago in the nineties. It was yeah. yeah. No, I, I really did enjoy a lot of pleasure from just kind of just. <sighs> oh, yeah. and I loved her talking now. about her like past boyfriends and how her parents <laughs> didn't think that Barack was going to make it because she would just like drop men. Because yeah, she was yeah. like, oh, I'm too busy. I have life goals. I don't need a boyfriend. 
<laughs> the guy who went off to be a mascot for a basketball team yeah. was my absolute <laughs> hero. And the chef, Why did he interview yeah, him? The chef, like, drops him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went to Princeton and you're going to be a football mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You missed this, Tom. Listen, <laughs> darling, I have a dream. And it is important I follow my dream to be a mascot for a basketball team. I think he was secretly like a furry. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As close as you can be to being a furry in the 90s. I want to, th- I want to think he's the one that John Oliver always takes the piss out of. Or is it Colbert? Um, what do you mean? Oh, there's, there's one of the mascots that he just regularly references. Probably Grizzly or something. Okay. But, it's just yeah, a very talking, scary, stupid-looking mascot. I think talking about her p- past relationships are inter- interesting because it's sort of like, you know, the world needs to know there was Michelle before Barack. Like, she, mm, you know, mm, her life shit. did not start when she met him, which is kind of frustrating. Like, obviously, you know, you, she meets him in the book, but she did so much before that and had other relationships which were equally fascinating in their own right. Another frustrating part for me, having not read the book, watching the documentary, is she drops that line about she's the only black woman in the in the law firm and he's the only black guy. And she's like, this cannot happen because of that. Like, even though all the secretaries like, go on, go on, this is great. You know, and then, and then she just moves on again. I'm like, no, that is a fascinating dynamic. I want to know about that as well. Yeah. Um, I love the way uh, she drops uh, Obama into the book by saying, I had this guy who's going to be my student for the summer and he had a weird name and he was late. And it was just, uh, oh, I wonder who that could be. Hmm. I like that they met when she was in the position of power as well. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, she, she was senior to him. Oh, also how she tried to set him up with someone else. <laughs> it was a great, and they went to the like, bar oh. and that was great. And they, yeah. why did they talk about that? She literally tried to have him be with someone else. I, I think that was very much her, I don't, I, I need to pair this guy off with someone because he's really hot. And I, I, if I don't find someone for him, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, go there. And I really don't want to go there because of this whole dynamic of we're the only black people at work. But um, I love how she was kind of resistant to dating him for for that whole summer before she kind of gave into it naturally. Mm. Not resistant, but hesitant. But yeah, I don't remember in the book though, because she mentions in the documentary that he had asked her out and she said no at first, but I don't remember that in the book. I don't think she mentions that in the book. Because in the book, they just like, they start hanging out and like, they have they get on really well and then they go they go for ice cream is that when they go to, for ice cream after a work event they go to like yeah. a big work function and that's when like they decide it's going to be something oh yeah, yeah. F- they went to see Les Mis and they hated oh it. yeah they were what? bored was... out of their mind yeah. I love Les Mis they left during the second during the intermission with the Obamas <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe it was just <laughs> <a> really <laughs> <laughs> oh wait did it did they talk about Hamilton at all in Becoming? Yes, they really did. In the documentary. About no, no, in the no. documentary, I don't think they did, did they? No. In the book, they did. God damn it. But... There was so no, much Hamilton in the book. It was, it was so satisfying, all the Lindsay Lil Miranda stuff. It was... And they just like, oh, we met this young guy. And she was like, oh, good luck with the Hamilton thing. Like, <laughs> might not go anywhere. <laughs> It was it was interesting how it kind of uh, bookended the presidency because he turns up 
the beginning with this, oh, I have this idea of doing a Hamilton song. And mm. he does a performance for him at the end of the presidency when it's a huge hit. Um, and interesting. Goes, I was, yeah, see the off-Broadway production and loves it. Interestingly, I, I was listening to West Wing Weekly and it was the Hamilton episode of West Wing Weekly with <laughs> Lynn manuel talking about that performance to the Obamas. Yeah, and what did he say? Yeah, he said it was incredibly emotional performing uh, one, is it one last time? Yeah, George Washington song. To George Washington. It was like one of the last week before the end of the Obama administration. Um, by the way, the British cast is better than the American cast. Okay. And that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll try and see the British woman again. I lo- what are you shaking uh, your head at, Tom? Did you not watch it on Disney Plus? Uh, I just have it on good authority that the isn't the musical like closed now? Well, like yeah. Oh, but like they've basically fired everybody. Maybe they fired everybody. Well, my understanding is they've let everyone go because they're not quite sure when they're going to reopen. Oh, you mean the UK uh, actors? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, you're talking about the the film version. Well, no, okay. So in the book, or I don't know if you were listening, but in the book, there's. One I wasn't. Book. I was feeding my okay. dog. Okay. <laughs> in the book, she talks about a few times Hamilton because they met Lin-Manuel Miranda at the beginning of when he was just starting working on Hamilton and then he performed for them at the end of the presidency once Hamilton is becoming popular then so it's kind of interesting that uh, talking about kind of also how they created this environment to help foster that type of creative, creative voice just shows the power they had to inspire others Mm-hmm. to kind of have one of the most successful modern musicals uh, uh, that has really kind of changed what musicals are, I, I guess, in a sense. I also kind of furthering that point, liked all of her efforts to make the White House homely, mm-hmm. um, especially yeah. in regards to the garden and in regards to like, no, I want my kids to make their own bed. Wait, did they talk about the vegetable stuff in the documentary? Uh, okay, she mentions that they do it, but again, it's like a sentence. Yeah. It's a huge thing in the book. It's a major yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, they don't talk about the... the garden. moving in. Is it still there, the garden? So doodling. Um, yes, Tom. So a large part of the book is talking about her like deciding what charities she wants to facilitate while she's in the White House, and one of them get what she calls it but it's all about like teach, educating children how to eat healthier and they develop this huge uh gar- vegetable garden in the white house backyard that like produces tons of fresh veg for the white house as well as them donating them and throughout her entire presidency working on that as well as working with schools and large corporations to help you know instill better eating habits with kids also, the military, they don't talk about her work with uh, military families, which is another interesting section. And how that, oh my God, that 
chapter, which ends at that guy who's completely burned and scarred, struggling mm. to get out of bed to salute her. Yeah. Mm. Mm. was so intense. That was a really poignant and traumatic and beautiful moment. Yeah, but like, he, he won't sit down. He won't stay still. Yeah. So just like, you know, her giving the respect of the work that the military does and saying she never really had any, her interaction with them before and going to the hospital and talking with those families. And kind of also allowing the readers to have a, you know, view into that that you normally wouldn't do. So I'm not necessarily going to go out and read books about the military. So yeah. her kind of spotlighting them, I think, was important. I think she says as well that like she gained a lot of uh, her knowledge about the military from Biden and his relationship with his son. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, so. that was a way in for her. Also, I like like her relationship with Jill Biden seems quite close. And, you know, it's interesting because I get more respect, I think, from Biden through her lens and them her respecting them than I would normally in just people that as collaborators while she's in the White House. I think it's interesting the age difference between Biden and Obama because I think they say at one point the Biden's grandkids came over yeah. and we always thought yeah. when the Biden's grandkids came over you know, yeah. and the Obamas are there with like teenage daughters and it's quite a significant like almost a generation gap between them. I wonder what I mean why do you think because she is one of the producers of the documentary she kind of so she obviously kind of worked on the direction that it was going in why she would allow slash choose for it to go in that direction of it being kind of almost very surface level versus what the book did i i would say because i think maybe she, because the book and again this is probably biased came from the audio book the, the book is obviously in her voice and it is a hundred percent her voice and it's her like deeper emotional kind of storytelling Whereas I feel like the documentary is many voices, so maybe she didn't she didn't want to like go as deep in the documentary. She wanted to be a bit more surface, so that when you came to the book, you were getting a a hundred percent pure <laughs> Michelle's story on this, not diluted by anybody else's interference. Maybe the intention was for it to be like we said and discussed a companion piece to the book. Maybe maybe that is the idea of it. Maybe that's why it took this kind of what could seem like disjointed lots of ideas thrown together but maybe that is the maybe it's meant to be like a don't know, a tapas of the book because <laughs> at this point the book's already successful right because she's doing the tour yeah, like yeah, she's yeah, selling yeah, out exactly. arenas you know it's going to be a hit so you don't you almost don't need to give people a book <laughs> because they're good they're invested anyway like they're going to read the you know, even if they don't read the book, they'll probably watch the film because it's on Netflix, it's a massive release. Like, I feel like you have to invest less to get people interested, maybe? Also, I like yeah. Also, I, I just remembered about the fact they did, I think maybe two or three, like, kind of mini interviews with some of the women she was trying to help mentor, which I felt like was another documentary they were trying to film, which maybe it wasn't like a... Stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It just... Again, it's sort of the issue, like there are too many different documentaries that were fighting to have attention within this one documentary. Like they could have done a documentary where it was just talking about, you know, they talked about that school in, I think Highbury in Islington in the book mm -hmm. that she developed a close 
connection with, which is interesting for us, obviously, and how she went back to that school and brought them over and like sent them. She had, she talked about how she had some of those girls shadow people. And, you know, she wanted to really be there for the, the girls in that school in London uh, throughout their education. And it would have been fascinating to interview those women who are probably much older now and to talk about the effect that type of mentoring had on them, which is another documentary that I felt like they were trying to address. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is good, though. Like, at least... At least all the elements of the documentary are like fairly interesting. Like we wanted more of these elements. We wanted to be more focused, maybe, and just do one or two of these things rather than try and do all of them. But there is a lot there. Um, I think it did need that that extra focus. Like we, I would happily watch any one of those elements for the full ninety minutes. Um, I was engaged with all of them. Like I would have watched a documentary which was just ninety minutes interviewing other people that Michelle had influenced or interacted with and kind of how that extrapolates out. I would have watched the version where it's just her talking during the interviews. I would have watched just interviews with her friends and family and colleagues, but we got snippets of all of these things. Um, which I, I, I don't imagine they'll do like a follow-up, which is any <laughs> of those things. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's part of a, like, five film deal with Netflix or something. So they have more mm. films to fulfill. Maybe. Who knows who knows what the next ones will be, I guess. Probably Dreams of My Father with oh, Obama. Because Obama wasn't in this much. He had a he had that cute little cameo on stage. Yeah. Well which... I think it wouldn't be helpful to have him in it really. Yeah, agreed. I think he was in it enough. It wasn't about him, but he, yeah. he, it was yeah. good to have him there because he shouldn't be, you know, removed from the picture. But yeah, he, he didn't need to pull focus from her at all, which he didn't. Yeah, I feel like ah, it is sorry. time for my wife to shine. Your what? It's time for his wife to shine. I think. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, my hair feels. I wonder. I was thinking about there must be a list somewhere pretty much like every president and their wife have done biographies the sales of different like presidential and first lady memoirs versus each other i have a feeling this might be one of the top selling sort of i would have thought that would be like sorry i would have thought that would be top just because she's got i think and like the people, the type of people who read presidential biographies are quite a specific type of people, they, generally, I would say. But whereas she has kind of taken it mainstream in a way they that. Did really write them though? I don't recall there being a Bush one. Yeah, there was. Was there? Mm. Bush memoir. From him or from her though? As oh, well, Laura Bush? Oh, yeah. Well, Laura Bush has always been quite out of the public eye. It'd be odd for Laura Bush to have one. Decision points. By George W. Bush. <laughs> oh, spoken from the heart. She did. She mm. did. Okay. Uh, I sorry, my head kicked in, so I sound like I've got a heavy cold now. Um, okay. I yeah, thought it was interesting she... that she didn't want to define herself in the same way as other first ladies. Like she, she was a bit where she was like, I was tempted to pick up other books about other first ladies and their memories and what they had done, but I just didn't because I didn't want to template myself on their experiences. 
and I think she has definitely struck out as being a lot more. Like I could barely remember George W. Bush's wife's name. Oh, like, I obviously can remember Clinton's, but like yeah. the amount of first ladies I can list, um, Michelle is definitely one that sticks to the mind more. Because I, was... I mean, it's not your guys' country. You don't need to remember our. It's still significant. It's still like. I don't know the wives of the prime ministers. Not do I, really, to be well, Don't stop tracking Boris Is Boris, is Boris married life. yet or not? Uh, very gay. His latest baby mama. The man well, does not know how to use a condom. I think the list of things Boris Johnson doesn't know how to use could keep us here all night. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I feel like, like with prime minister's partners, sorry, with prime minister's partners, they're generally very private. Like, none of them, I, I feel like, have been very sort of public presence. I don't know. No, Samantha Cameron was quite public. Yeah, was in like the magazines a lot. Like not necessarily through her own volition, but like there was an element of that celebi mm. vibe. Yeah. Um, some sales figures contexts. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, Laura Bush's memoir, um, week one sales, um, and this was perceived as very good for the book of its ilk. One hundred and forty-seven thousand copies week one. Which okay. seems yeah. good. Uh, Michelle Obama, week one, one point four million. That's all. <laughs> the Mic they drop. Are, they are, I feel like the Obamas became celebrities outside of their presidency. Do you know what I mean? Like presidents yeah. are famous because they're presidents. They became celebrities in their own right. Like even the bit where she's like, "Oh, when I go out and I talk about a cause, people just want to know where my dress is from or whatever." Like, there's. I don't think anyone cared as much before them. In all yeah. the people in who care about like columns or whatever, and also I was just gonna say in the book she mentions Tom Oprah sending her encouraging text messages. <laughs> so that was a great little name drop during the presidency. Sure, I, I think there was a greater deal of transparency with the Obamas than maybe other presidencies, like the fact that she goes on Ellen and goes on Oprah yeah. and and yeah. does a lot more talk shows, like. Can you imagine for just just put this in your mind? Can you imagine Melania writing this book and Melania talking about her life for like more than five minutes? In Have you ever book? talked about her life? Fascinating. It would know. be interesting, actually. I, yeah, I would read I that. I was porn star and then stripper, and then suddenly I am now wife yeah. to sugar daddy. Fascinating, though. Like that trajectory I, is. Insane, like growing yeah. up in like an impoverished village and then going on to become the first lady. It's not like, yeah, I think it's quite legitimate that it would. I don't think she could because I'm sure her like agreement with Trump for whatever you know the money she wants to get after he lets her get a divorce, she can't do that. But like, even with Michelle, when she's saying, Oh, I typed the first tweet in like yeah. I don't know 2011 or so you know mm, that's a big yeah. deal like pres they courted that kind of relatability in a way that no president has done before obviously Trump now has Twitter yeah. but it's used in a very different way mm. I would say I think yeah they're very they were very media savvy <laughs> obviously well also they talk about in the book how the white well Barack as well as like his team like he was more like the people because she would like read the people she would like to she loved watching HGTV so home and garden tv so it's channel in the states and I forgot what the other channel was that she watched she's she like the dress yeah, yeah like she liked 
Mm. Yes. So she likes pop culture and reality shows and like that kind of like normal-ish stuff. She wasn't like an intellectual in her like what she liked to consume as entertainment. So she kind of connected with people a bit better because of that. Yeah, like there was a Wii uh, console in the presidential like residence for the three daughters. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, yeah, she, she could be an incredibly well-educated lawyer, teacher, organizer, but then also loves kind of just trying to be relatable, just being a normal person and not being extraordinary and just kind of, eh, it's just me. I'm just... I like I'm just reality TV. Movie. Yeah, I like reality TV and put my feet up. And I love the, the charming moment um, where she talks about meeting the Queen. I thought that was... Oh, yeah. oh I loved mm. the stuff about the Queen. That was so good. I wanted yeah, more. I'm sure there is more she couldn't say. Just the idea of... She her and, like, everyone's like, oh, it's a scandal, but then the Queen just gives her a little hug back and it's fine. The, the, the oh, and the, the bit in the car, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Could you imagine yeah. how much... The Secret Service must have been shitting themselves. <laughs> the fact that they let people. him drive her, though, seems oh, that was what I was Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> he stopped driving, right? I mean, yeah, he had a he had a crash. Yeah, he, had to. he hasn't stopped driving. I think he can drive in grounds. He's still driving. Not on public roads. Surely Not on public roads. Road. I think he just drives in Sandringham. Oh, okay. So it's just the people of Sand who live around Sandringham, work in Sandringham, need to worry for their lives. Oh no! I, I just mean in the grounds. Yeah, so yeah. In, I, I meant yeah. like groundskeepers. He's probably running over a couple. Of <laughs> oh, he's, he's probably aiming for them. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're just peasants. Um, oh, yeah, no, I love the... yeah. Go ahead. Oh, the bit where they sneak into Target, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, her her desperation for normalcy, um, but then her absolute like I think they, they say like her and Obama sneak off to New York for a date night. Yeah, and she realizes just how much she's screwed up the entirety of New York. Yeah, like just the having the feels from that I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Like the fact they can't go anywhere without <laughs> having to take responsibility for ruining someone else's night, essentially. Yeah, must be um, It almost sounds like they're in prison. It's like you can't open the windows, you can't go out, you can't. You are coordinated every moment of your life. There's a bit which talks about there's a balcony she likes to sit on. But she wants to sit on the balcony, the Secret Service closed off a street that like looks onto the balcony. Yeah. So tourists would get like moved on. She's like, oh, I just gave up asking in the end. Yeah. She's like, I didn't want to have Ruined everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking back to this moment, which is which was my favorite yeah. moment in the book. Um, which was when she wants she desperately wanted to open the doors to see the lights, but couldn't because those doors were locked so she had to sneak out the back yeah and the fact that she she casually drops in the reason the front door's locked is someone with like a knife just walked into the white house one night so they decided to start locking the front door the most secure building in the world (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah Uh, i mean how did they get so i accidentally uh i was when I was looking at universities, I was looking at a university in DC. So I went with my parents and we were in DC. And there's a one-way street around the White House. It's like right in the center of DC. So you have to kind of like make sure to avoid it when you're driving. But we didn't realize that. So we were just kind of trying to go straight through. And once you're driving up to the White House, you can't turn around because it's like U-turns are illegal. So we kept having to drive into the entrance <laughs> of the White House. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we had to go to the security gate and like try to explain to them, oh, we didn't mean to come in. <laughs> and they made us like they had to take copies of our IDs and of and like take down our driver's license numbers and wow. numbers just and approaching stuff. the gate. Yeah, just going up wow. to the gate for the entrance. <laughs> wow. But I'm surprised that someone could like sneak in though physically onto the up mm. to the door though that seems very yeah, but it happens every so often there was a point where somebody walked just went up to the queen's bedroom in buckingham palace about 10 yeah years. yeah that was weird and woke then, her up in the middle of the night yeah oh like, who was this person <laughs> yeah uh, he was a mental i shouldn't say mental he should he was a person with uh mental illness he was a distressed individual well clearly quite intelligent that he could sneak in though well, I think it yeah. just made it worse. It wasn't someone who'd spent months planning out their, their line of attack. It was just somebody who went, I'm going to go and speak to the Queen and just went and did it. Yeah. It just looked was confident. It was a big shakedown of how the Met handled security at Buckingham Palace after that. I point out, when the BFG does it, it's totally fine. So oh, this, this feels like a double standard right there. Wait, the mm. big friendly giant? Yeah, the, at the end of the BFG, just goes and knocks on the Queen's window and drops Sophie oh, in. Oh, yeah. Okay. He tells the Queen about the <laughs> nasty giants. Oh, I forgot about that. Come on. Um, that would not be where my mind goes automatically. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the documentary isn't, I mean, I get it's not really an adaptation, so it's kind of hard to say that it's the same as the book. It's like a, yeah, it's a trailer for the book. It's a very nicely produced trailer that gave some nice visual context to the book. I mean, I suppose I I would certainly recommend the book. You know, I think people would enjoy the documentary. I was watching and my flatmate Sam was sitting there watching it with me. And I think he enjoyed it too. He wasn't, he said, you know, having not read the book, he was like, yeah, I didn't really learn anything. I, you know, I respected her as much. It didn't make me respect her more from watching the documentary. Because I think you're going to watch the documentary, you're already a fan, really. So I don't think it's going to change your perspective at all. Which is a pity, because I feel like the, the point of a documentary is to, like, inform and, like, better your view on something, which I don't feel I got from it. Yeah, I feel like the book does a lot better at explaining how she feels at certain moments, especially, like, in regards to, like, her dad's MS and then, like, her grief of, like the events that happen in her life. Where oh, obviously that the scene where he's sitting on the stoop and he, she can't go help him. Mm. And it's that it's and that resilience. It's that working class, like, nope, got to go to work. Can't, can't be ill. Got to get up. He, he went up to, like, a few weeks before his death, he was working every day <laughs> with crutches and a wheelchair going, which is really... It, amazing and in the same that perseverance so yeah, yeah no i definitely i would tell everyone to read the book i think i mean i certainly take it as inspiring and trying to be like looking at michelle saying i'm gonna make you proud today michelle i channel you a little bit today i have her staring at me it, it definitely made me feel a little bit guilty for my my like life status and like, like one made me want to like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have like five qualifications yet. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, sorry, you don't. I'm definitely on the wrong call. This is <laughs> but it definitely inspired me to be a bit more like, come on, up and, up and go. So our rose and thorns. Mm. I can't remember how we do this. Is it all book and film? Either or. What? Do you have one? Stands out for me. I think, you know, I'm not necessarily someone who wants children, but like her talking about the process of having children and dealing with motherhood was actually really fascinating, interesting. And I, I don't think I've ever heard her talk about that. And I appreciated that. I appreciated her honesty in that moment because that seems very personal and, you know, something I don't think she would ever talk about while they were in the white house. I think only now because she has the freedom to sort of be more open. She did. So for me, I thought that was a rose and then a thorn. I just, you know, I think the documentary was sort of a missed opportunity to give us a bigger perspective on what it means to be in the White House. And, you know, and she certainly, you know, mentions briefly the, you know, I didn't choose to be president, you know, I didn't choose for this life. This is not the life I was looking to have. And to really kind of delve into that a little bit more, for me, would have kind of added a great layer to it. I would say probably um, we haven't really talked, it's kind of elephant in the room, but we haven't really talked about the discussion of race in the book and the, the way that she, because I, me as a white male privileged, you know, my position is far removed and I obviously have to check my privilege in that regard, but her, her explanation of how it feels to be a black woman from Southside Chicago and you know, how almost like the system was against her, but how she had kind of used that as a strength and that became part of her. Um, I thought that helped really kind of illustrate that point of view really well. Um, I feel the documentary is very good, but it's a little bit um, souffle. It's a little bit charming and sweet, but doesn't, it could go so much harder and so much further and so much deeper than it does, but it was, it was charming. Yeah, I agree with you about the whole race thing. Like, I think especially obviously we should all have been doing this anyway but I think recently obviously it's been so much more prevalent in the public eye I think people are really understanding how important it is to educate yourself and I found this a really useful resource again coming from a position of privilege just to hear that story and also just to see like this is kind of a separate point but kind of how hard she continued to work even though she's not in the ultimate position of power that she was like I kind of enjoyed the end where she was just like these are all the things I'm still doing and like seeing her in the documentary going and still talking to girls and still telling them that they can do what she's done or even better or you know even more yeah I think oh, I don't really have a conclusion there I just thought that that was quite powerful and like you said it's just kind of it gives you a bit more drive in what you're doing like if she can do that then you can get up and do something with your day be more Michelle is what we're saying <laughs> what are yours um there was a moment in the book which was a tiny moment they mentioned it in the documentary which just really charmed me and i loved it um i forget which of their daughters said it but it's the moment when they're driving uh he's just won his initial election mm. and yeah, they're yeah, dri yeah. driving to the like the party in chicago and all the roads have been closed he's in the presidential motorcade and his daughter turns to him and is like oh, no one's no one's coming to your party, Dad. 
coming. I thought that was that was infinitely charming and and really surmised them as this kind of not overly sweet but quite wholesome kind mm. of family unit. Um, I the only the, the, I'm going to talk about something I disliked about the book as my thorn briefly. Um, I I felt like we got a bit too quickly to her meeting uh, Barack Obama. Um, really? I thought there was quite a lot before. No, well, because you get if you, the book is broken down into those three chapters, you've got like Michelle pre him, them as a couple, and then the White House years. <laughs> um, I felt like there was so much more. I would. I would, I would have read a book that length, which was just her getting to law school. Um, there was yeah. lots of stuff um, which I could have pulled out more from there. Um, like, it was great. I didn't feel, like, shortchanged by what the story she told. Um, but, yeah, I get, I get that the whole thing is Michelle Obama's story, but that first bit, the kind of Southside Chicago thing, kind of redirects how she ends up, where she ends up, and I thought that was more, more I would have liked to have heard about that. Tom Rosenthal of the documentary. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've sort of mentioned them all before. Like those, those little, you know, in terms of the rose, it's those little, really insightful moments where people are being candid and mm. unmanicured um, that are fascinating. And and the thorn is sort of the the converse of that, which is that they sort of drop. And then we move on to something else that almost seems unrelated. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough sort of in-depth exploration of it, which is symptomatic of the documentary not not really having a, a consistent focus or through line. Um, yeah, sorry to repeat myself. That's a good perspective. Um, good job. That was nice, guys. Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad I read this book. <laughs> I knew it was going to be good but I just I got a lot out of it I think I haven't had a chance to really research what's coming out the only thing I know about is the old guard which is based off a comic yeah. the, mm, the Charlie I don't know if you guys would be interested in that what did he mean I watched the movie blind and he said no uh, I've read it and I've watched it so I'm prepared but I'm not hey! entirely so yes from you. No, no, I'm not sure it is a yes because I'm not quite sure. It's the the adaptation is very straight. There's very little in terms of. That's still an adaptation. It's you know version of adapting something. It's also, by the way, adapted by Greg Ruckus, the writer. So it's going to be probably. It's if we're going to do a comic, can we do this one? Because I've already. Oh yeah! So that was the other thing. I have it too. So the only so it's coming onto Amazon Prime, but I don't know if all of you guys have Amazon Prime. That's I saw. I saw the trailer. It made me wince. The reviews <laughs> were not kind. <laughs> um, not everything. I mean, we could do two this month because they're both very short. I, d- I don't. I don't think the old guard is necessarily going to going to go well with the group i just uh having watched the radioactive trailer i i just feel it's a a movie that's about 15 years behind its cell by day. <laughs> it's directed by margin satrapi so the woman who wrote and directed persepolis well, why don't we see if there's anything else coming out that sounds more should we all do a little bit of independent research maybe feedback yeah. ideas yeah I mean, the other option do. was um 
Artemis Fowl. I, I just I cringed. Cringed. I even saying it, I cringed. Like, reading I'm so it. sorry. I mean, well, I guess we all, you guys don't have Disney Plus, though. No, we could get it, but <laughs> I've, I've, um, heard, I've heard dreadful things about the movie. Like, dreadful. Yeah, I know, that's why I cringed. It wasn't a serious <laughs> suggestion. Have okay, you read so the... I read the books when I was a kid. I liked them. I don't know no, if I've they were pulled up, though. Um, I just read and they're like, Infinitely enjoyable. Yeah, no, I remember oh. really enjoying them when I was younger. Are we including TV series? Because I see the Dresden Files is on Amazon. I'm not reading. I read the first Dresden Files book. We cannot <laughs> read an entire book series. <laughs> I will try and think of more series. I, I mean, it's I've hard read, enough to I've get read you... and watched Chernobyl. So well, we that is a long TV series. <laughs> oh, that's that's that. so long. It's not that long. It's five yeah. hours. <laughs> so long. Um, we, we I mean, how long would really the conversation be? Can you imagine analyzing a five-hour program for us to discuss the adaptation, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, the conversation we've had right now is as long as the film. <laughs> there was a yeah. lot to talk about, though. There was like there was eight yeah. years of presidency and like twelve years of marriage. And portraits of Trump. Yes. We'll all think of an idea. We'll all yeah. send it to the email. We'll it's, all vote. Like democracy. Like Michelle would want. And, and, okay, and well, the one parameter, it has to be something fairly recent. Okay. Like within this year, I guess, would be. Okay. Yeah, it's relevant. It's okay. a bit scary this yeah. <laughs> knows, I mean, I'm not going to go to the cinema anytime soon. So, you, know. you can't. They're all still closed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they're only showing classics when they open. Yeah. 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 Poor Mulan. She'll never get her day in the cinema. Sure, she will. She will. Just, just after ten. I'm more disappointed yeah. that the new mutants refuses to come out. <laughs> it's never okay. coming out. It's I'm, never coming I'm, out. I was gutted for Wonder Woman 1984 because that looks looks so really fun. fun. It looks yeah. so really good. Bad. No, it looks what? good. What? <laughs> So the um mm. well thank you for, thank you for your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you and I respect you. And when we go low, you go higher. <laughs> <laughs>